0: Hello, my brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and it's such a pleasure having you join. I mentioned a few days ago uh, that I was doing a cleanse. Today is the fifth day of that cleanse. Thankfully, <laughs> it's been it's been quite a journey, but it's been amazing. I feel clear. I feel like my pineal gland. Part of the cleanse purpose was to decalcify and clean out the pineal gland, and I definitely feel connected again in a way that I feel like for maybe a couple of weeks I was missing or I was looking for a deeper connection to source, to God. I wanted to hear more clearly, see more clearly and speak more clearly. So this cleanse has been great for that as well as um, the physical side. And I hope there's so much going on. I hope you are enjoying the show. I really do. I hope you're not getting caught up in the headlines and the news, the lies, the lies. How do you know if something is a lie is if it constricts your breath. How do you know if something's true is if you can breathe deeply. (sighs) That's how you know the body keeps the score. We are leaving the era of when people look for external validation, but we remember I don't need another to validate me. I simply check in with myself, my body, and I will see where I am at. Am I in alignment? Am I out of alignment? Am I walking in love or am I walking in fear? This is the greatest time ever to be alive. And you chose, your soul chose this time. You're gifted. To be here now. So everyone listening, you get to really take stock of all the narratives that surround you. All the presumptive have tos that you have grown up with, with religion or politics or money or (laughs) really what else is there? (laughs) spirituality, whatever. And you really get to dive into and discover for yourself what is true, what is good, what is liberating, what is wholeness. This is that time all over the world. And I see all of you watching all over the world. I see where you're listening. And I just am so blessed that you get to We get to share this time together so that you can connect. You can look up and see God more clearly. You can connect and receive what many call source. The Bible calls Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Look, my brothers and sisters, it is love. It is love. And you get to receive more love as you walk in alignment. So I'm very excited about that. And it's probably the longest intro I've ever done <laughs> for a guest on the podcast. But today I'm really excited to bring Jetty Azuma on the podcast. Now I connected with Jetty through a friend who's also been on the podcast, Jose Alejandro, a few episodes, maybe a couple months ago. But Jetty leads men's work, helps men, holds... Um, hold space for men to heal. And it's really beautiful to connect in a brotherhood. And this applies for men and women listening because we all know, well, not, I was, <laughs> I was going to say, we all know men that could use this, but what I really believe in my heart of hearts is that when men heal, the world heals. When men heal, the world heals. Men have systemically, no, systematically, that's the word. Men have systematically been broken throughout time through the deep state narrative, the cabal, the the social engineering, hurting men, then telling men to be tough as children and not giving safe space to express their emotions, their, their feelings, their thoughts. And sure, there are many men that are acting still macho and tough and closed off. But that, that day is over. And many, many, many are coming to the light and saying, I can't do this anymore and I need support. So Jetty and other beautiful men out there are standing and holding space for men to come out of the shadows, find safe spaces to heal. So I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. So my brother, Jetty, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and
1: how are you? I'm really good, man. It's an honor to be here. Uh, looking forward to chopping it up with you, man.
0: Yeah, same. So you, you're bringing important medicine to this world, Mm. important medicine, man, to helping that, that divine masculine heal and, and stand for what its truest purpose is. Mm. And, um, and it's beautiful. So I just acknowledge you for that brother. And, and tell me about your journey. How Where are you from and how'd you get to doing the work you're doing?
1: Well, I call it my dirty little secret. I'm actually from New Jersey. I grew up about seven miles as the crow flies from downtown Manhattan. Most people don't know that about me. Even when I was growing up, people were like, you don't really seem like you're from here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's where I'm from. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs. Um, I like to, I, you know, looking back on it, I say I had a relatively ordinary childhood, but as I've gotten older and done more of this work, I, real, I realize how unordinary or extraordinary, I'm not sure what the term would be, it was. Um, uh, you know, to encapsulate it, I went through a lot of traumas and pain and hardship and challenges as a boy that got stuck in me. And followed me into adolescence and adulthood. And I didn't have the mentorship, the guidance, the ceremonies and traditions to prepare me for adulthood that I needed. Mm. And so my early 20s was stumbling my way through adolescence, trying to figure out how to be an adult when I didn't have any clue what I was doing. And luckily, fortunately, my gut led me all the way across the country to California and the West Coast. And that's where I found men's work men's circles rites of passages and that's where things really took a took a turn for me what um what was that calling or
0: what what was happening at the time where you felt to leave your place in jersey and go to california out of all places
1: yeah. Well, I mean, to paint a more clear picture, I had recently finished graduate school. I had a doctorate in physical therapy. I was making good money living in Queens. I had a girlfriend, lots of friends in the city. It was it was good, man. I always say that on paper, I had the perfect life. I had the perfect setup. So many people would have died to be in my shoes, right? And yet I felt completely lost, completely confused. I, I could not imagine, is this going to be the rest of my life? Is this like the next 30 years of my life until I retire? And I, I wasn't having that, but I didn't have anything to substitute that. And, and the pain of not knowing, the confusion, the feeling of being lost just led me to numb myself. So I was, I was basically in a perpetual state of highness for three years. Right. And I was smoking, smoking weed, smoking tobacco, going out and partying, having a good time. In, in retrospect, I, I needed to do that. Yeah. But it was, just, uh, it was just masking the pain because yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know where else to look. Everywhere I looked were other guys like me doing exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> so, with, their
0: masks up, everyone with the veneer, everyone, you know, with that pseudo smile and yeah. Yeah. Totally, but, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So
0: yeah. What was that catalyst though to go?
1: Well, there's a couple of things, you know, I, I was in a really, really the, the first time in my life I was in an abusive relationship, you know, mostly emotionally abusive, but sometimes physically abusive. And I was, I, I, just got stuck there. I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, on top of that, I got arrested for, of all things, smoking weed in public in New York City, wow. and I had a, had a knife on me at the time, not like I was like some badass dude, yeah. but just, it's actually a gift That's from my guilty. brother, Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. And, and, and so it was kind of like right place, wrong time, and I spent a night in jail with a bunch of, well, a holding cell, I shouldn't say jail, in a holding cell with a bunch of guys who were definitely in there for way worse stuff than I did, and I was like, how did I get here? I was the, I was that dude who got straight A's. I never even had detention in my whole life. And here I was looking at, looking out from the wrong side of bars and I'm like, okay, something's got to change. Mm. And so that was when I really had that tingle in my stomach of, I got to go. Everything logically said, stay right here, develop your career, make some money, save some money. You got your family. My family all lives in Jersey. Mm. Stay here. You know, you got you got it all. But Everything from the neck down was saying, get the fuck out. <laughs> it was yeah, like, yeah, go. Yeah, run. Yeah. So, go. Um, so I did. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just said, it's time to go. Wow. Wow.
0: That, that abusive relationship, was that, did you call that in from, is that tied to childhood trauma? Any relation to that? Or? I, w-
1: I was that guy who was always trying to save somebody. You know, because it was more convenient, and I, and I looked good if I was trying to save somebody, but not really looking at myself. It was a good, a convenient distraction. Yeah. I didn't know this at the time. Obviously, I thought I was, I, I was being genuine. I thought I could really help somebody. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I got into that situation. Was I saw somebody who I genuinely loved and cared about, and wanted to see them through a hard time, and I, I ended up making myself susceptible to a lot of that abuse. You know. I, and I and I felt really victimy about it back then, but I recognize now that I, I put myself in that position. I chose it every day. I chose it. I chose to be in that relationship, and so I, it's it's been a lot of healing. And and obviously, no ill will towards that towards that woman. But but yeah, it was rough. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Um.
0: So you go to LA or you know California, wherever you you are, and then how did the process? Like, what what did you find? Who who was the who is the catalyst for the men's work?
1: <laughs> well, the the answer is that there were many, mm. you know, and it wasn't just California. I actually, I bought a one-way ticket to San Francisco. I had some buddies. I knew I wanted to go and then the synchronicity started happening. One of my buddies from college said, hey, we're planning a, a week-long backpacking trip through Yosemite in California in August. I was like, that's perfect. I'm actually planning on getting out of here then. So that was my first stop. I bought a one-way ticket. They picked me up from the airport and within two hours um, I'm in Yosemite Mm. after, after being in New York city. Right. So that was really the only thing I had planned (laughs) was that, was that trip I'd saved up a bunch of money. I think I had like 12 grand saved up and I'm like, I'll just ride this as far as I can and see what happens. Originally I thought I'd be out there for a month, but then for the next four months I just traveled around with a backpack. Wow. And I went from one place to another. And so I met a lot of really incredible mentors and teachers along the way. Mm-hmm. I also uh, I did a Vipassana retreat, 10 day silent meditation, powerful. which was that's a whole nother whole nother story. Wow. That was actually where I had the first glimpse of seeing myself in circle with other men. Mm. I had been in pseudo men's circles before, but we really didn't know what we were doing. We were just kind of sitting down and talking about shit. But this was the first time I saw myself and I I was like, at this point, all I knew was physical therapy. Like, how, how is this what I'm here to do? But it came through really clear. So I just, I just kept following the breadcrumbs, you know, for the first time in my life, I was following my gut and not trying to think my way through it, which I was 25 years old was a very, very unique and new experience to do. That, also very scary <laughs> because it defied everything. My dad taught me about be logical, have a plan, have a strategy. I was just like, nah, I'm just going to go with my gut. And I couldn't even talk to my dad for those four months. He, he like, we had like a big mashing of the horns right before I left mm-hmm. and he just couldn't, he just couldn't handle it. He couldn't see me out there just flying by the seat of my pants, you know? Mm.
0: What, how many, um, how many days into the
1: spot, to that retreat did that vision come to you? It was on day four. I'll never forget. Cause it was one of the most coherent moments I've ever had in my life you know and for those people who don't know vipassana is a style of meditation you know you're for 10 days you're meditating 10 11 12 hours a day and that's all you do you don't talk to anybody you eat and you meditate and sleep mm. um so day 4 was like i was really starting to hit my groove um <laughs> side note on top of this i didn't know it but i had actually contracted scabies which is basically like like bed bugs kind of like bed bugs but they they uh they live on your on your body and they just it's, it's itchy as hell. It's like wow. the worst case of poison oak that you've ever had in your life. Wow. And it started to come on on day one of a silent retreat where I, can't talk, <laughs> where I can't talk to anybody. And you have to stay really still. That's the other thing. When you meditate, it's like stillness. So anyway, day four, I just had this. For, we were probably meditating for an hour, hour and a half. And I was 100% present. Hmm. Every other time I've meditated in my life, you always drift to like, what did I eat for breakfast? What do I have yeah, yeah. to do later? Then you come back. Right. But this was the first time I was just feeling every cell in my body, just going on a very slow, gradual, uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, course of my body, just feeling different parts of it. And it, it, my, I remember feeling my body pulsing. And then when, when we were done, they, they do this, they play this chanting at the end. And when we were done... I walked out of the pagoda and I walked outside. I was the first person out and my body is just pulsing. I felt like I was like 20 feet tall. And I looked up at the sky and immediately it just starts raining. I feel like raindrops hit my face, but it's not cloudy out. It's sunny. So just, I mean, it's like, it's like a Hollywood moment, right? You step outside. I just had this incredible experience. It starts raining. The sun is beaming on my face and I just start bawling. I don't even know why. I'm just like, just feeling on a big, on a big level. Mm. And all of a sudden uh, I, cl- I closed my eyes. Cause like, you know, the tears are filling up. I closed my eyes. And that was when I saw myself sitting around a fire with other guys. Wow! And I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on here? And then I opened my eyes and there I am, you know, sun, rain, close my eyes again. And it's like, I can see into a different mm. reality. And again, I didn't know what to do with that. Right. You know, a, a few weeks ago I was in New York city doing physical therapy stuff and then here I am having this vision of sitting around a fire helping other men and so you know that was day four so I still had like six more days left I'm not they don't even let you journal so I couldn't journal about it I just had to like push that out of my head for a moment but um it was there was a seed that was planted for sure
0: wow that's powerful brother that is yeah what a gift what a gift that you were given to see that mm-hmm. um yeah. what's your what's your background and heritage like what yeah. Is it it's always that?
1: a fun game to play man my whole life has been like that uh yeah. my my father my father is japanese and my mother is italian my my dna test tells me that i've got some middle eastern on my mom's side in there somewhere but yeah man that's japanese italian that's that's what i grew up with cool very cool very cool yeah. Yeah. I've gotten everything, man. People think I'm Latino. People think one guy even said, are you Icelandic? He's like, you kind of remind me of Bjork. I was like, come on, bro. come on, Bjork. Come on.
0: That's great, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I think it's important to, I mean, when we're aware of our past and that ancestral line, and here you are seeing this, you know, who knows how many generations back you're calling, you know, you're bringing that forth. Mm something that that's your line that's you're here for this time from all this past generation to generation and all of a sudden you wake to this is me this is who i really am that's really beautiful
1: yeah and it's, it's great that you mentioned that because that was actually a huge theme of that four-month journey for me hmm. you know, there, there like i said there was many other experiences the vipassana was just 10 days of that but a big theme of that was reconnecting with my ancestry and where I came yeah. from yeah. um probably the person I felt closest to in the earliest stage of my life was my grandfather on my dad's side. So my, my Japanese grandfather. And when I was growing up, both parents were working really hard and my mom would work on the weekends and my dad sometimes had to travel for work. So I would be at my grandparents' house and I would spend a whole weekend with my grandpa. And he passed away when I was five years old. Uh, He had a, an aneurysm that burst in his brain and it was, I mean, to experience pain and loss like that, probably the most important person in my life, you know, losing him at five was really hard. And my, a lot of my journey back when I was traveling was reconnecting with him. Wow. and Really feeling the potency of his presence. And I, I didn't, you know, I grew up in a, with a loose Roman Catholic background. We, we didn't really talk about ancestry too much, but it was so alive for me while I was out there. And I spent some time on the reservation. Uh, I, I was invited to go to an indigenous wisdom council wow. and represent the youth. And there was so much that happened on that journey. Man. Every, every one of those experiences could be an episode here, but yeah. I really connected with where I came from and that wasn't emphasized when I was growing up. I mean, obviously, you know, this is your grandpa, this is your grandma Yeah, pictures of people that, you know, from, you know, far back, but there was no story given to, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, I don't even know some of their names.
0: Mm.
1: And recently, really in the past three to five years, I've recognized how important that is for men, mm. that, and humans in general, but we yeah. need to know yeah. where we come from, especially yeah. in those moments where I don't know what my purpose is, at least if I know where I come from, yeah. the traditions, the culture, yeah. we're about as a family, our values, and yeah. right. I have something to build a foundation from. That's right. There's a,
0: there's a verse in the book of Proverbs that Solomon wrote, said, remove not the ancient landmarks, which your fathers have set before you. Mm -hmm. And that is so incredibly important because if we don't understand where we've come from, we have no real clarity of where we're going. Mm -hmm. And religion is made, especially Romanism, Roman Catholicism, and, and, and even, Islam any any heaven and hell scenario makes it all about the present and then future tense keeping mm-hmm. you in that I got to do right because where am I going to go what's the right thing and that's completely robbing us of the richness and the foundation mm-hmm. and um, I was watching with my kids <laughs> so we got um, eight six and four year old girl boy girl and I thought but you know, it's probably time to show them the Star Wars movies. And, <laughs> and uh, so we went through all nine of the movies. And there's a scene where um, either seven, eight or nine, maybe it's eight or nine, where Ray goes down into the cave and she comes up and she sees herself yep. and she snaps and it goes. Yes, sword, man. It, I know exactly the scene it you're talking back. about. I'm heck heck get, yeah. Get you and i i see that as the work we do now in this time in this in this time space continuum is unlocking and healing all the past and all the future so it's like man you're you're blessing your great 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 grandfathers mm-hmm. by what you're doing now and unlocking i think many things we when we do healing work and we face that and break those cycles it's not just for us it's for past future present
1: yeah it's powerful brother 100% and and that was that was like you said that was that wasn't anything i got from the catholic faith yeah and it wasn't anything i got even from studying buddhism cuz buddhism is all about the present moment too right mm-hmm. and yep um it wasn't until I started spending time in the native American church until I started spending time in some of these ceremonies. And I was invited into sweat lodge and you start listening because for me, and this is not to say that there's one faith or belief system that I think is any better than the other, Mm -hmm. but it was the first time that they were talking about belief of the abstract by looking at the things right around me, Mm -hmm. by having reverence for the earth. I can see the earth. I can put earth in my hand. I can talk to earth while I'm, in relationship with it directly yeah it's not the holy spirit it's not you know yep. Yep. jesus christ somebody that i never met that i don't right. know with words that aren't mine i right. can just have reverence for this thing and start with gratitude yep. it was so simple for me it made sense for me and and then here's a couple of things that really trip me out right you know how they say dust to dust to dust we shall return yep. whatever that yep. is when yep. you yep. actually think about that you know our bodies decompose and you know, become compost for the earth again. Yeah. When you pick up earth, that's literally your ancestors. That's that's the transformation of energy that's moved through. And here's another one that really tripped me out, right? Because we talk about water a lot in these Native American ceremonies, the importance of water is the first medicine. That water you drink is the water that moved through the bodies of every one of your ancestors. Mm. It moves through us and we drink water and then we... We excrete it or we sweat it out or it comes out of our some, some part of our body and then gets evaporated back to the air or goes back to the water and the rivers and eventually finds its way to humans again and other, and other life forms. So the feeling of recognizing tangibly how we are connected, mm. future and past to by the elements, yes. it, it, it actually made me feel connected yes. instead yes. of in this abstract, nonlinear way. Right. You know?
0: Brother, I I completely get it. Um, One of plant medicine has been a massively um, powerful healing. um, I don't even want to say sacrament modality. It's something that's for me is a very important part of uh, my healing. Mm -hmm. But on the first time I sat with psilocybin and and, um, in ceremony with, with another brother and we're sitting there, I had this, this remembering. It was like, oh, I remember. The the actual words that came to me were, oh, I forgot. Mm. And what I forgot, even though I had never had the thought before, which is so, I never forgot it like in my time here on earth, but it was like the soul forgetting that the elements that made this microphone, the same, the same chemical compounds that make these things also make this, they happen to sacrifice themselves for this, for service to us. And I'm just part of the ground. I'm just, we are all these elements. They're all one. Mm. And I forgot to give gratitude. Like, thank you for, I mean, true gratitude is acknowledging all that is. And I remember thinking when Jesus, there's a verse that, cause I grew up, catholic christian jewish convergence that's been my Uh upbringing but jesus says if you don't cry out to me if you don't worship me the rocks will cry out and i thought that's the weirdest concept like yeah okay the rocks will cry out but now i'm like man when i'm out even on going hikes i hike regularly and go into the woods and i some if i feel if i get chills right now just putting my hands on a tree and feeling the energy like through the tree into the ground and putting my forehead on this tree and even saying this, I used to make fun of this stuff. You totally. know? Yeah. You're like, what yes. a weirdo, like, you are yes. you know, some tree hugger, but now like truly understanding that the wisdom that this tree holds the wisdom that this tree is connected to in the earth and the mycelium under the ground and all the connectivity. And like you're saying, the water, the, it is so beautiful and when we have that sacred remembering i always like the word remember it's like man we we didn't we're not learning anything new we're just remembering what was and what is you know and um ah, it's just powerful so i love to hear your story about that because it's it is it's really beautiful to connect with what is here now
1: yeah and i I talk about this a lot because Again, right? It's something so easy to make fun of, right? Like putting your head on a tree. Oh, what are you doing, right? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I get it too, because the, yeah. there's even a part of me still that's like, talk to the rocks. Like, really speak to the rocks. Like, mm. those are relatives, ancestors. How could that be? Because those sentiments of thinking that we're different than or separate than is exactly what got us into the situation we're in now. That's right. The reason why we don't respect the planet is because we don't see ourselves as part of this planet. We don't see ourselves as part of this living organism because otherwise, you know, if, if you go inside your body, we all, for the, those of us who honor science, right, or just or say believe in science, okay, we believe that we are a singular organism that is composed of many other microorganisms. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between the earth as an organism that's composed of several microorganisms and right. us, right? There's no, there's no difference. and it's 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 hard to appreciate because it's abstract and i think the scientific logical mind that masculine you know when people talk about patriarchy i i you know I, i'm never one to swing too far in one direction or the other so people who talk about down with the patriarch i'm like well hold on a second man there's 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 got to be balance in everything i'm not right. saying that we need men to run the world i'm just saying let's not let's not abandon the masculine because science and logic has gotten us so far and it's useful right but the fact, yeah, you know, the fact that we've gone so far that direction has has brought us away from our connection. That's what I consider to be the feminine is our ability to connect. You know, spirit, spirit time. That's feminine. That ain't, that ain't nothing masculine about that for me. That's right. You know, right. and you know that just the fact that the blood moving through my veins has evidence of every ancestor that I've ever come from. That's mm-hmm. enough to let me know that I matter. Anybody who doesn't believe you don't believe you're worth it. Just imagine what your ancestors did for you to be here right now. You know how many, you know how many bloodlines were lost because people died or they didn't have children. Yeah. You're here. Yeah. You know, hundreds of thousands of years. Yes. You're here. Yes. Like they're here for a reason.
0: Yes. That's right, brother. It's interesting um, this <laughs> you know, I don't know where I'm going to I'm going to go here but you know that the verse for dust thou art and dust thou shalt return. Mm -hmm. he tells um so that's from genesis so god the very first recorded conversation between god and man god asked adam and his wife eve where are you even though in the context of the bible god knows everything so god knew where they were even though he asked them still where are you Mm because he needed man to utter the truth to say (sighs) here I am, you know, here, here's what it is. And here's what it was. And here's what I did. And it says, and, and Adam heard the voice and he hid himself because he was afraid because he was naked. And then God asked another question. Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree where I've commanded you not to eat of? And, and then man immediately blames the woman. And then, so God goes to the woman, the woman blames the serpent. So I'll bring it all, all back to the dust. So God curses the serpent first So everyone, this negative narrative of like, oh, women were, you know, Eve sin first. No, God actually looked at man. He went to Adam Mm -hmm. first, even though Eve took of the fruit first, Adam was to be the protector of the garden, to be that, that space that didn't allow infiltration in, to be that sacred preservation of what is whole, what is good. He didn't do that job. So Eve takes the fruit, gives it to Adam. Anyway, so it goes down this process. But he tells the serpent, dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And then he looks to the man and says, and dust thou art and dust thou shalt return. Mm -hmm. So meaning this force that wants to harm our sovereignty actually feeds off the decay of our lack of sovereignty when we forget we're connected when we are in blame and victimhood and i only bring this up is you you know swinging one side yeah there's all these pendulum swings but when we stand in that sovereign ground and say man i'll be the space for you so you can take your mask off I'm not gonna take your mask off. I'm gonna take my mask off, but I'll be a permission for you. And as men and women, and when we come together as this collective, brother, it is it's beautiful. Whether it's men's circles, whether it's anywhere we go, it's beautiful, man. And this is where I think what it's such a beautiful time right now is this flourishing of humanity. Mm -hmm. And anyway, just I wanted to go down that little that
1: rabbit hole does because it's fascinating. It's, it's a good perspective. I mean, these stories were not created for no reason. I mean, right. these, especially the stories of the major religions, yeah. uh, or the most profuse religions, I should say, like yeah. Catholicism, Buddhism, Islam. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about that covers, you know, half the population yep. at, at a minimum, right? Probably more at this point, billions of people who are subscribed to these stories. So, I love stories because stories are really potent and powerful. It's yeah. it's one of the ways that humans have survived on this planet for so long is storytelling, right. and it's also really important to be a critical thinker. Yes, you know, yeah. not to because that was that was one of the things I had the hardest time with with uh, organized religion. Was so you're telling me that this is the way it is? Yeah. That there's, no, that there's no room, there's no flexibility for new possibilities. That, that, that even as a young man, when I didn't know anything, <laughs> that, that didn't quite resonate for me. It didn't quite make sense. Why is, why is prayer reciting someone else's words over and over and over again? What does that actually do? You know, And, and when, you, when you zoom that out and you look at our educational system and the way we test children, we ask them to memorize things and regurgitate it. You know, I think they're catching on a little bit more now, but I mean, dude, when you and I were going through school, right? I mean, I remember flashcards. Yep. Memorize this information, repeat it as it is. Don't think differently about why it makes sense. Just do it this way. It's control, right? It's control. And I'm not saying that, that, you know, there's, there's not that it's, that it's all malicious intent. Cause I don't believe that either, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not with the intention of creating people who can think critically who can think differently yeah that's right yeah. how to so, think
0: versus what to think you right a big right. deal yeah it's interesting i i've fully left i i like reciting these texts i think there's some wisdom in you know all these whether um even the bhagavad-gita like there's some but just looking at them like a look at anything else right it's the wisdoms from within mm and the connections from within, I can look at this contrast and say, Oh, that there's some beauty in that, or there's some knowledge in that. Just like I can go to a tree and look at it. It's the tree has wisdom, but it's what I connect from within from what this tree provides or rock. And I, and I trees are really profound for me. I had this vision the other day. Um, while I was out hiking and I live here in Seattle, Seattle, Washington. So Mountains, forest, green, it's beautiful all the time, wet all the time, predominantly. But I was in the mountains hiking and I come to this massive bend where it's just ferns everywhere, but also these massive trees. And I thought, the ferns are the feminine energy that collects and holds the wisdom of the earth. And the trees are like masculine energy that provides and gives this covering so that the feminine could receive all the wisdom of this earth. And I thought that is such a beautiful relationship of balance. I saw these two trees are big and strong. The ferns are gentle and delicate, but yet both are so necessary in balance of wisdom and, and beauty. Hmm. Simple things like that. We've, we've just forgotten.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of the things we do. Well, I had a teacher one time. He said, "You know, humans, we're just meaning making machines. He's like, mm-hmm. we walk around everywhere. He was talking about it in the context of taking things really personally and the meaning that we subscribe to stuff and, and why we even do that. Really taking a, a hard look, objective look at well, why do I put meaning on that that way? Yeah. And this is, this is one of the, I love mythology. I went, mean, even as a kid, i loved greek mythology i loved story i loved storytelling i loved morals within stories you know that was one of the ways the ways we've taught the next generation probably since we could actually communicate verbally you know yeah that's right and i love the infinite possibility of how how you can interpret something Mm. to give it meaning to give it reverence to give it value for you and i think that that's something that's really important and even because eventually you start to see some commonalities, like you said, right? Like always yeah. coming back to an archetype of the feminine and the masculine and the, yep. the polarity, right? Yep. The binary, you know, the, yep. the, the two poles of something that is, is a really necessary component of life. And, and however we understand that, who cares? Whether you see that in trees and ferns or you see that in yeah. fire and water, yeah, that's you right. see that in anything, that's right. the, the fact that you're thinking about that and that it brings you to a place of reverence, and deeper understanding and awe, appreciation, gratitude across the board. I think that's, that's ultimately what we need more of. Yeah, I I agree. And I think it's beautiful. So let's, let's then move into
0: the circles you're doing and the actual work you're doing with men and what, what do you do and what's
1: that look like? And yeah. Uh, How to simplify it. I, I this is when I when people ask me what do I really do like what if i'm if I'm my core mission in life it, it I've reduced it to two things and it has to do with men and women you know for for women, we got to make this world a safe place mm-hmm. and now that's not just you know physical safety obviously that's important and very relevant right now mm-hmm. but all uh, emotional safety right I mean just I have a daughter I have a daughter who's nineteen months old and so when I think about what kind of world she's inheriting and what's out there in the world. It's scary. Mm. So there's many parts of this world that I don't like that. I'm not ready to lay down my sword and say, it's okay. You can go out and, you know, do you. Mm -hmm. So safety for women is, is essential. And there, and there's so much that's tied up in that, right? Women feeling safe that they can have children. They'll be supported. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially in this country, man, in the United States of America, one of the few you know, upper wealthy countries in the world that doesn't offer any paid leave time for women to have children. Mm-hmm. Or if they do, it's like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know, you're a dad. Oh, yeah. it, it takes way longer than two weeks to, to get over having a kid. Oh, yeah. All right. So just when you when you look at the some of the most fundamental components of our modern society, it's not a safe world for women. You don't have to look far. So that and freedom for men. And when I say freedom, a lot of people interpret freedom as, oh, men can go do whatever the hell they want. No. When I say freedom, I mean freedom for men to, this is like the version of safety that men need. We need to be free to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's like, well, men can talk about your feelings. We want you to talk about it. But it's not safe for us to do that. Right. If I'm angry and I need to unleash the full power of Thor's hammer so that I can get this energy out of my body and I go and I scream in the middle of the park just to like unload... Mm-hmm. They're, uh, you know five minutes later, the cops are called and i'm I'm in cuffs, yep right yep. hands yep. down men we can't do that i can't there's no place for me to go and express myself freely mm-hmm. except for the type of spaces that we're cultivating here, so those are like the two pillars of my life mission is how and a filter that I pass everything through is this is is what I'm doing right now making this place a safer world for women is it am I working towards greater freedom for men to express themselves and also live a life of purpose that's my reference point so yeah man I mean with with men I recognize that I've got a particular propensity for creating safe spaces for men to express themselves that i've i've been there myself and had other men lead the way for me so there's really no place i'm afraid to go (laughs) at this point there's nothing i could hear a man say that's going to make me turn away from him because none of us are unique we're all living out the same story just with different characters slightly different details to the plot Mm. but we're all we're all hurting in different ways. And we all need more support than we've had for most of our lives. Yeah. So that's like the, over, the overview of what I do. And there's many different ways that, that we do that. You know, we, we, I, I focus on leadership with men because that was one thing I didn't know how to do. I didn't, everyone always told me my whole life I was a leader, but I didn't really know how to lead effectively. Mm. So leader, specific leadership skills, not just like a sports team leadership, but leading your family, yeah. you know, leading your community. Being an example, le- leading yourself in your life. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, also wilderness rites of passage, reintroducing initiatory rites for boys and for young men so that we can once and for all welcome our boys, our adolescents into the responsibility of adulthood. Yes. Because there's so many boys running around, running the country, running the world who don't have, who, who are still operating from a selfish, perspective what's in it for me versus how can i be of service mm, beautiful
0: so like what um what are the specifics like is it 3 nights 2 nights is it a weekend or you know how does it actually work joining yeah, you?
1: yeah. so um one of our offerings is called compass and it's it, it comes from a legacy of wilderness fasting um, that goes through my mentor, Kent Pierce, all the way back to the School of Lost Borders that was started by a man named Stephen Foster, and the late Stephen Foster and his wife, uh, Meredith Foster. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a four day, four night fast from food. In this tradition, we allow you to have water. You don't have any, really no distractions, no technology, you're you're out there, you're remote. Um, I, I like to say you're not alone, because energetically, you're not alone, but you are in solitude. You don't see or hear another human being for your whole time while you're out there, which alone in itself is is a is a very unique experience. I mean, how many people, I mean, most people have, haven't gone four days, let alone one day without eating a meal. Just think about that. In your life, have you ever gone, I mean, I know a lot of people are doing the intermittent fasting thing now, so it's a little more common, but for the most part, most people haven't gone that long without eating food. Right. Um, so, just the simplicity of that, right? I mean, how much more appreciation do you have for food? And, and in some cases, there's fasting traditions and ceremonies where you don't have water or sleep. Mm. The old way, no food, no water, no sleep, and you don't leave this 10-foot diameter circle for four mm-hmm. days. Don't. I mean, the, these, these ceremonies, these traditions, these ways were introduced to prepare boys for the rigors of adulthood. Mm -hmm. They needed to make sure that the boys were ready to come back and be men. So they had to put them through something challenging. And the reason this is so important is because I don't care who you are, where you come from. Every boy goes through a a process of needing to know what he's capable of, Mm -hmm. to trust that he can go out in the world. And if there's not these ceremonies or traditions, then we go out and we do what I call auto initiations right mm-hmm. self initiations where i'm going to go and do some really ridiculous crazy shit just to see if i can survive it i'm going to go do, be reckless and see if i can find my way through because it's it is a natural part of our development without community and without traditions and ceremonies it can become destructive
0: mm. powerful
1: yeah
0: how have you how have you changed how have you grown internally through all this work what's been in, the biggest in fasting or in leading it both just, yeah just in this all all of it in the entire mm. modality like how have you evolved
1: i have learned that my life is not my own mm. which a lot of people hear that and they're like what are you talking about man that sounds backwards what i mean by that is that my belief is that my life is to be of service Mm-hmm. To be useful to the people around me, to set up my people, my family, my community as best I can for future generations. Mm-hmm. My my job, I'm working towards it, man. I'm definitely not perfect. I, I, I'm I'm talking I'm talking a big talk here, and, and I'm I'll be honest, I'm still living into this. You know, to be able to make decisions in my life today that will benefit my great great grandchildren who I'll never meet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where my compass is pointing towards, right? Anyway, how can I make decisions like that? And if we were all thinking that way, dude, right away, we stop driving these gas cars, right? Right away, we prioritize taking care of the planet, mm. right? If I actually care about my great-great-grandchildren having a home, then I'm gonna start cleaning up my home right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna make sure, I'm gonna reinforce the frame, the foundation of that house to make sure that it's gonna stand for 100, 200, 300 years to come. Mm -hmm. right so to me that's how i've changed where when when i I was introduced to all this stuff i was believing my own bullshit that i was a very generous humble egoless man but i was doing everything with a shade of what's in it for me Mm -hmm. how can i benefit from this it's because it's sneaky man it's so sneaky we can the 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 easiest person to deceive is yourself yeah that's
0: right that's that's right um so where can where can people connect with you, find you, sign up for the next Compass or whatever
1: event you have coming up, brother? Yeah, man. Everything's at risingman.org. Make sure that's a dot org. You know, uh, so risingman.org, it's got our whole list of everything that we're doing. Uh, we go out twice a year. We take 10 men at a time. Currently, our it looks like our spring is just about filled up. Some people might be able to squeeze in there, but um yeah there's an application just go to risingman.org if you want compass go slash compass but there's a lot of other opportunities to be involved in this community because you know i tell people i'm not i'm not concerned i don't want to be the next tony robbins you know i don't i don't want to be the guy who has millions of people following me unless that's where you know spirit directs me to yeah, yeah. but I, I want my like 300 spartans Love right yeah. I, I want my i want my special ops guys so uh, so yeah if you're if you're looking for community and brotherhood like that that's
0: risingman.org man powerful brother. Well, I'll put that in the show notes and, and I'm just honored to have you on man and, and, uh, keep going proud of you. It's beautiful work, brother. And I'm glad we connected and,
1: and, uh, blessings to you. Thank you, bro. Yeah, man. Big shout out to you. Thank you for having me on here. And, uh, I also, if I just have a moment, want to say to all you guys who are listening to this man here, make sure you give him some love. If any of you guys who don't do podcasts, this is a massive labor of love. (laughs) And that's not to say that, we feel bad for ourselves because i know you have a good time doing this like i do i could see it on your face but make sure you love up on this man because this is this is not easy to do this and i know you've been doing this for a long time so uh just you know bowing to you bro for your work and everything you do and all that behind the scenes especially with three kids man dang thank
0: you brother. i receive you know you usually hear them once in a while to pop in (laughs) and and get on the get on the recording but thank you brother i receive that and you know as we heal the world heals and that's, uh, that's it brother. So thank you. I'm honored to have you on and, and, uh, look forward to joining you on one of these ceremonies here very soon. Yes,
1: sir, bro. Looking forward to it.
0: Brother Jetty, thank you for coming on and everyone blessings, receive them, receive love, release fear. I, I want you to say this with me. I release fear. I receive love say it again i release fear i receive love i release fear i receive love may this be your mantra may this be your soul's expression you don't have to hold any more fear the bible says perfect love casts out fear why because the synonyms of light and darkness well darkness exists in the absence of light fear exists in the absence of love so many a majority are walking around with fear anxiety worry stress what's going to happen all of this there's a lack of love so release have the courage to face that fear look at it and be like oh i see it i can release it have the courage to receive love i have defined vulnerability as the courage to experience love in its purest form the veil of fear is so thin you just step right through that and you're going to be encapsulated (laughs) encompassed (laughs) swarmed with the infinite love of God. So anyway, that's, may that be your mantra. I release fear. I receive love everyone. I bless you. I'm thankful for you. This is the golden rule revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you brothers and sisters for listening for support in your journey. Go to my website, lucasmack.com.